Hello and welcome. Wherever you are in the world today, thank you for joining us for the Rise Traveler, unpacking conversations of sustainable travel. We are here to talk to eco-minded and socially conscious travelers, diversity and inclusion specialists, wildlife conservationists, environmental activists, and anyone using travel as a way to uplift and inspire. Together, we will go a step beyond the Instagram-ready world of travel and take a look at how travel can be a source of growth and development for all people in all communities. And now, here's your host, Amy Hager. Today, I'm excited to have Vincy Ho, our executive director and founder. Vincy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Amy. So why did you start the Rise Travel Institute? Well, okay, so first of all, thank you for joining us on our first podcast episode. And I'm honored to be here to share the story of Rice Travel Institute and a little bit about my own travel experiences that inspired me to start this organization. I love how this story is just going to continue to build. (laughs) So you're definitely our first and our best guest to be our first guest. Thank so, you. But That's um, my honor. so Rise, you did start during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, yes, I did. Why? <laughs> I know, it's very counterintuitive, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did found Rise Travel Institute in June 2020 in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic when the world stopped traveling. We all know that before the pandemic hit, everyone in the world who had the means to travel was always traveling, like nonstop, myself included. And we'd only think about where we wanted to go as as if we had to go somewhere whenever we had the chance to. And without thinking too much whether we should or shouldn't go to a certain place and what would be the potential impacts of our visits on our travel destinations and local communities. And while we are travelers, we are also residents of our homes. And Mm -hmm. You know, pre-COVID, many of us witnessed every day the toll of tourism and or over-tourism on our nature, our landscape, our cityscape, and the life and livelihood of the local people. So while the pandemic has brought devastating challenges to the world, Mm -hmm. it was really the best time for us to slow down, reflect on all the unjust and unsustainable systems within and beyond the global tourism industry, educate ourselves and others and make plans to rebuild our world through more sustainable and intentional travels when we can travel again. Makes total sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think too, you're right. This is the right time to have an institute, to have an organization like this prepare us for when we do get to go back and start traveling again. So tell me just a little bit more about The founding team, like who did you bring together to start this awesome organization? You, me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so our founding team has grown from three people since our establishment in June 2020 to a team of 25 amazing individuals like yourself, Amy. Amy is our social media manager, by the way, Um, bringing expertise and years of experiences to our board of directors, our advisory council, and our operations team. We're currently working on putting together an online education program that addresses all issues around travel and sustainability through an anti-oppression lens. We don't just do it by ourselves. We collaborate with academics, tourism professionals, and leaders in sustainable travel to bring a high quality, 
structured and uh, tertiary level online program to college students and also independent travelers alike. We are going to launch our pilot program this coming June. Very exciting. Yay. Registration. <laughs> yes, and registration will open in a few weeks' time. So, um, yeah, and uh, one important information would be students from underprivileged and underrepresented backgrounds will be eligible for our tuition grants so that they can oh. study with us for free. Yes. And uh, we will also be offering what we call experiential journeys, yeah. um, which are basically international study tours for students when it's safe to travel again. So, you know, hopefully we'll do that end of 2021 or 2022. And yeah. our whole team is so super excited. <laughs> and we look forward to our first cohort of students. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and I think it'll be great just to, you know, we have a couple student volunteers on, on our team and, you know, it's so neat because, well, I've been out of college a long time. And so just talking Absolutely. to them about what they look forward to and what their motivations are and why, why everybody is doing this is so different on the team. And our listeners are going to get the chance to hear that because I'll be interviewing many of them over the next few weeks and months. Absolutely. So, so we'll be keeping you updated as our program is launching, when registration is opening for everything for the pilot, for whenever we are starting to travel again, when we get that first tour to Together. So keep tuning in and we will drop the details when we have them for you. <laughs> so now that we've talked about RISE, let's talk a little bit about you. What's your no background? <laughs> so um, I was born and raised in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. I received my higher education in Hong Kong and in Europe, and I'm now living in the United States. Okay. I am a linguist and an educator, and my latest specialization is in humane education. And I'm passionate about all issues concerning social justice, animal protection, and environmental sustainability, and how these issues are all interconnected to one another in an unequal world. And since I'm an avid traveler myself as well, mm -hmm. I had always wanted to find a way to educate young people about these complex systems and inspire ethical and sustainable decisions, both at home and abroad. I love that. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it just makes so much sense of why you would put together educational programs for students. You know, that is a true soul driver for you. And so is travel. So to be able to blend both of those into one absolutely. thing and benefit the world is absolutely amazing. So as you as you had said, you, you travel quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, has there been any moments in your travel that created a positive impact on the area that you visited that you want to share with us today? Oh, definitely. I, well, I hope I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not up to me to say, but yeah, I, I, I believe that I did. And I'm sure there's so, probably more than one. <laughs> yeah. So um, just to share one particular destination um, that I fell in love with that, and that was, uh, that is Morocco. In 20. In 2017, my husband and I traveled to Morocco during the Ramadan, and we did a lot of research before we uh, before we made the trip to make sure that we travel as mindfully and as sustainably as we could. So um, 
there we hired local guides. We mm-hmm. stayed in family-run riots. We visited an animal sanctuary rather than going to see those poor argan tree goats in Azaria. <laughs> we tried to uh, be as respectful as possible, knowing that everyone was enduring heat and hunger while fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, we did. Uh, we joined a cooking class at a female-founded nonprofit that empowers victims of domestic violence by providing long-term professional culinary training and stipends and um there's even a cute organic garden at that training center so it was like really yeah an amazing experience and the food was so good yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um and also uh we we also insisted on using land transport only to avoid taking multiple domestic flights and mm. after the trip, I made sure to share positive reviews on social media to support those small businesses and nonprofits that we visited. And it's quite, you know, it's quite common to see comments on social groups or forums where people would just like write off an entire country just because mm. of maybe one unpleasant personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, trust me, many people do that. While not trying to discredit what those people went through, it is quite unfair to judge an entire country or an entire culture of people by just a single experience. Mm, So to me, yeah. So to me, it's important that we think carefully about what we write and how we choose to, you know, like how we choose to use our words and images to talk about our trips when we come back home and always ask ourselves like whether what we say or show is fair and whether it's reinforcing or breaking stereotypes. Mm, I love that. That's such a great tip and just something that you can consider no matter where you're at, even if you're dining out in your local community in whatever capacity, capacity you can right now. Um, that's a really, really good point. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. How you thought through that too. And well, you kind of led into my next question. So I, I'm <laughs> curious on that flip side, was there a time that maybe you ma- made a less than positive decision? And oh, yes. What was that? <laughs> and what did you learn from it? I feel like we're going to get another great tip out of you. Yeah, so definitely. Just as any human beings, I made a lot of mistakes in my past travels as well. (laughs) I know it sounds awful, but I still regret it. And I still regret it. But I did ride an elephant in Thailand years ago, for example, not noticing the absence of the tusks of that poor elephant and, you know, the scars on her head because of all the, you know, because of the shark hooks used by the handlers. Mm. I, I did it because I thought it was fun and everybody was doing it anyway. Right. Um, And then I also volunteered in an orphanage in Rwanda for like a month, uh, about a decade, about a decade ago. And there was no particular schedule. So every day we just like went to play with the kids and take pictures with them, believing that it was an act of compassion without really understanding the harmful consequences of the white savior complex. So like, this is an like these are the experiences where, you know, I I wasn't thinking too much and I just did what most people did at the time. Yeah. And I didn't ask all the questions that I should have asked myself before signing up for those activities or programs. Like, does the animal I'm interacting with look distressed? Is there any sign of exploitation of animals or humans? Who benefits from my visit? 
is it myself or the company or the workers there or the animals or what about the kids right is there is there anything that they are like really learning or benefiting from our visits how is my visit affecting their mental health what about the environment does my visit impact the environment negatively and what if the place where i'm standing right now is visited by tens of thousands of tourists like at the same time mm-hmm. so like also mm-hmm. like about the souvenir that i buy is it made of unsustainable material was it made in a sweatshop does my purchase mm-hmm. help the local envi- uh, local economy so all these questions like really you know are the things that i didn't think about and mm-hmm. and after you know after i got involved in those activities and and like reflect upon them uh and they be, they became the questions that i would always you know think about when i travel now yeah. and also like you know rather than feeling guilty about you know about the wrongs that i did i yeah. i choose to to own my mistakes and learn from those experiences and share with them like share with the people around me and i believe that nothing is more empowering than owning your mistakes and to learn to become a better human well and i like how you really are being thoughtful about the impact you are making with the person the animal the environment that whole community and so i love these questions that you're asking yourself and we'll be able to share those questions with listeners and because you're thinking so much about your own personal impact i want to ask you have you ever met anyone during the travels over these years that has impacted you in a way that you had never imagined before you met this person <laughs> well honestly i i don't think i would be who i am um like now without having met all the amazing people amazingly kind people during my travels mm-hmm. uh, in the past so i say um you know i am really ba- blessed to have met all these amazing people in my life now you know mm-hmm. uh, my besties from vietnam my buddies from france my united nations university family from five yeah. continents most of them have like really impacted me in many different ways but there is one particular piece of memories that really stands out okay. which is which is that of a conversation that i had with a refugee friend from togo which has really impacted me the conversation was really short so i'm going to i'm going oh, to share nice. it <laughs> yes but it's like short but powerful okay. um which still stays in my head like you ah. know and it's not going to go away so the conversation is as follows <laughs> so um uh yeah so one day i it was around lunchtime and this friend and i were going to grab some food to eat mm-hmm. i was really hungry on the way so i said to him oh my god i'm starving he stopped looked at me in the eyes and went is that what starving mean to you i swear i i felt so bad i felt horrible I felt really embarrassed and I I said that question so casually you know without really without even thinking or understanding what that could mean to millions of people you know right. that don't have enough to eat around the world and that was probably one of my first experiences of someone telling me to check my privilege you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> 
And yeah, so that was more than 10 years ago. And I still remember it vividly. Still stick with me. And sometimes, you know, similarly, sometimes we don't realize how seemingly harmless language could come across so demeaning to persons with disabilities, for example. Um, I am hard of hearing. So expressions like, oh, never mind. When I missed what someone said and asked them to repeat, mm-hmm. you know, it could be really, it could come across as really unkind. So yeah. the beauty of travel is that it creates opportunities for us to get to know people who are different from us, whether it's race, nationality, gender, sexual orientation, religion, or disabilities, and to really understand the structural power dynamics in society that cripple or oppress some of us more than the others, and understand our unearned privilege. You know, understanding our unearned privilege makes it a lot easier for us to act more compassionately and treat others with respect. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's so great that you had him in your life to just say, hey, think about that. And I feel like if we had more of an approach of, hey, think about that, that would just make us so much more aware. And like you said, really putting yourself into checking that privilege and almost putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Really. I'm really grateful. Yeah. I'm really grateful for that conversation and for, for, you know, for his directness um, at that time, right? Like he just said it like that and looked at me, confronted me. And otherwise I wouldn't have had this learning, like this precious learning lesson. Right. Definitely. Well, as you, um, as we're starting to end our conversation today, I have two more questions that I really, really want to ask you. And the first one is, how do you see the future of travel, of the travel industry of tomorrow? And especially when we're talking here today, because I know listeners will be listening to this months, maybe even years from now. Yes. It is January 8th of 2021. And I know we had an interesting 2020 and this week has just also been a little bit different than what we could have planned. So I'm curious if you could look into that crystal ball, what do you think? Um, I'm hopeful about the, the future of the tra- travel industry. I, I think more and more people are demanding a more sustainable and more inclusive travel industry. Mm-hmm. So more and more tourism businesses are evaluating the products that are are reassessing the products that they offer because they know that it's not enough to just talk about sustainability or diversity, you know, just like put all these buzzwords on their website. It's not enough. And they will need to really meet the rising industry standards that many organizations like, you know, our partners and and us are working so hard to push for, Mm -hmm. and they know that they will be held accountable by their customers for unsustainable, unethical, and discriminatory practices because, you know, they realize that without adhering to those standards, their business won't even be profitable. Yeah. So I'm I'm really hopeful that that's going to be, like, we just went through a pivotal year and things are going to change. And, uh, in the right direction, hopefully. Right. Fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we think about how the industry is changing and improving and we're seeing this hopeful future, 
What legacy do you want to leave behind, Vincy? <laughs> Rice Travel Institute. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I feel like that's that's so true. That's I hate to say that it's an easy answer, but it's a very clear answer. It is. To me, it is. It's it's an ambitious answer, actually. Yeah. But I I really, really, you know, from the bottom bottom of my heart, want the organization to grow and thrive to the point where one day we can just mainstream quality, sustainable travel education for all travelers around the world. You know, like I, I do believe with the increasing awareness of travelers and growing collaborations with like-minded tourism organizations and businesses, mm -hmm. it's really not that a pie in the sky. So I hope that, <laughs> no, if you asked me um, five years ago, what legacy, do I want to leave behind? I wouldn't be able to answer you yeah. at all. Yeah, but now we have rise and and it's it's really something that I I have uh, a lot of um, I have a lo lot of hope for. <laughs> so let's work hard and, and <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> well, Vincy, I've only met you a few months ago. And I have to say for the few months that I've known you, I've worked with a lot of executive directors over the year. And the one thing that's just shining from you is your true belief that this is something that just can be offered to, like you said, everybody in the world. We're starting with students. I can see it growing. Thank you. Totally see it growing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amy. For spending time with us, diving into all of these fun questions, but also thank you so much for having the foresight to start the Rise Travel Institute. Without you, none of us would be here. And thank you for being part of it. I'm <laughs> really grateful. <laughs> Most definitely. No, it's been so much fun. And I think listeners, as, as we interview more of our um, advisors, our board members, more of my fellow teammates, um, I just... And our future students and alumni. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, that's coming. That is all coming. And I think these next few weeks, as you get to meet all of these individuals, you'll really get to see the souls that are driving this mission. And I, I almost want to say it's a movement. So I invite you to join us again at our next episode. And that actually just brings us to an end of our journey today. And so if you've liked what I've let me try that again. <laughs> this is our first one. If you liked what you've heard and you want to hear more, subscribe, like, and comment. You can follow us at Rise Institute, Rise Travel Institute on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter. And here at the Rise Travel Institute, we believe travel is a powerful tool for positive, transformative change. And if you're a college student planning to study abroad, or a young professional thinking about that gap year, or really anyone who's wanting to travel the world in a sustainable way, we want to encourage you to go to our website, risetravelinstitute.org, for more information on our educational courses. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, keep roaming, keep learning, and continue to be a RISE traveler. This podcast is an extension of the RISE Travel Institute, 
501c3 nonprofit committed to empowering young travelers through educational programs, research, study tours, and scholarships. Visit risetravelinstitute.org to learn more.